Just go live. I'm not even telling you. So we are streaming live right now on my oh Facebook my. page. You're not even ready. Listen, it's seven past. We got to get going. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> does your, hold on. Does your shirt say Nash? Oh, my God. It does. <laughs> we have a deal with a client. His name is Nash. Michael and Deb, if you're watching this, she's wearing that. I just realized that. Okay. Well, Na this, is, this I wore because... I love Nashville. I love Tennessee. You know, oh, it's it has, Nashville. It's it's Nashville, Tennessee. But how perfect! Yes, Michael and Deb, <laughs> if you're wearing this, I got you guys. <laughs> well, they're not wearing it. If they're watching, well, maybe or they're they watching it. it. That's a great closing gift. Listen, I, I'm I'm here for this. Yeah. <laughs> you should just take yours off and give it to them at closing. Well, here you go. So, what's off my back? Yeah. So last week Josh wasn't here. What were you doing, dude? I was hanging out. I'm getting work done. <laughs> He's so pretty close, suave about it. He's like, yeah, I was just like hanging out, chilling. You know, what were you really? What were you really doing? No, I don't even remember. I, I mean, I can't remember what I was doing yesterday. So remembering what I was, you said I was, was doing like last a, Wednesday. You said, it was, you said it was like a gaming thing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I uh, I'm sponsored. I have a gaming YouTube channel, and I have a sponsorship with a company and there was a new game launch happening. So we were all, all the streamers were playing the game for launch. So, you're yeah. so cool. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you 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 have so many little like projects and they're not yeah. little. I actually say that um, <laughs> they're not little projects. How do, how do you deal, Josh? How do you do this all? It's no uh, children, Jennifer. Is what it was, yes, yeah, exactly. <sighs> like like Chris says, when you have kids, you're you're super busy. You don't have time for yourself. But I, luckily, I have a lot of time for myself. <laughs> but I still keep myself busy. So you know, it's so funny. Yeah. Sorry, I, I know I, I I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off, but I was just thinking, like, so I have like a laundry list of things to do when I'm like holding a baby or or dealing with the kids, and I'm like, okay. Well, I'm so stressed out because I have all these things to do and I just can't do it. Yeah. And then as soon as as soon as the kids are like out of my like peripheral responsibility, then I sit there for a minute, like, what do I do? Because <laughs> this, well, like, there, there's just so much. Yeah, you're like, where do I start? And then you spend like five minutes, even though I time block everything, I still like a lot of with a newborn baby. Well, now she's six months. That time block sometimes goes out the window. She doesn't care about time blocking. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like yeah, anyways, no. I just thought it was explosive, funny. Explosive diarrhea doesn't know what time blocking is. <laughs> no, no, no. Especially she started eating solid foods now. So, well, solid food now. So, you know, body's get, she's doing it pretty good. But, you know, the bodies get used to the new but you, food you've been, items. You've been around this block so many times yeah. that it has to get a little easier, right? Like, at least you're numb. you don't panic as much. Yeah, you're, you're a little numb to it. Yeah. kind of, it's like, oh, I've, I've been around here before. So, it's just a matter of like you're just repeating a, a similar process. You know what? Days, right. The when I had our first kid, I would think the hardest lesson because I was always waiting for things to go back to where it was. Like you'll get to an age where I can go back and do it, be me, mm. and that it just never happened, right? Because you can't. Mm. I can't just go play ball, with my boys. I just can't go and just do whatever. Like mm. so, I always like that was the hardest part: relinquishing selfishness. Mm. That was because you know you hold on to that. Like imagine Josh, you have a kid, and all of a sudden you can't do the, you can't go to gaming conferences whenever you want, and you just, you can't do that anymore. And you're, you're looking around, itching to, for that time. When am I going to get this back? It just never came back. I never think that was happened. the hardest part. No, no, it never <laughs> happened. As well, you get to we, pick and choose, right? You get to pick and choose what's near and dear to you, right? So maybe all like 
specifically Josh, because you have mm-hmm. so many different talents, you know, it's picking what's near and dear to you and then, mm-hmm. you know, keeping that priority. And then when, when you do get to do the other, uh, you know, things that you enjoy, they're like a total added plus, but yeah, that's, um, that's a really good point, Chris. Uh, you you got to let go a little bit. A lot um, of yeah. it. A lot <laughs> of it. I've had a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I think what I would try to do is like incorporate some hobby that I guess the kid could also do. So like, Heck like it yeah. could be a parent, parent kid. So like I love jujitsu and then a lot of little kids do jujitsu. So then I would try to bring him along, have him do the kids but, class and yep. then I would do my class. Something like that. But okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it so, would be tough. It, so I'm going to be real about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I love I played ball, baseball, mm-hmm. and my first kid is just not Caleb. He's not. He's just not built for it. You're like you here, know? like it. Caleb, yeah. Caleb's like ball. <laughs> no, he was. You know, uh, he. That's just not his thing. Actually, so it's actually better if you think about. It. He's more in the gaming and computing and coding and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. going to take you a lot farther, honestly, than if you try yeah. to be a professional. So I'm cool with it. But at the same time, at at the time, I was like, man, I just want to play catch with someone. I just, you know, I just want to go in the backyard and. <laughs> hit some grounders to him and he, he you know he's just not built for that you know which is cool just borrow uh, kid just borrow kid i got one you can take oh one. yeah that's what i needed more kids generally <laughs> but, yeah we'll swap them out just for like an hour <laughs> you're you're from the era where kids like like to go outside and still do a mm-hmm. physical activities now it's a whole different world dude we built mm-hmm. our whole we built our whole backyard just for being outside mm-hmm. right I'm still paying Jen's company off for all that turf, <laughs> right? Like it's everything. I'm talking, you, you name it, a huge side yard, backyard pools and yeah, everything. You, you have can a imagine. sick backyard. And guess what? I'm the only one out there by myself. I'm like that. I'm like that kid who got picked last at basketball growing up. And he just goes home <laughs> by himself and plays by himself. And I play with my dogs. They'll play with me. Yeah. They just don't, you know, just, it's just different, but also it's hot, but. Well, yeah, uh, we only have like two months of outdoor playtime. I mean, unless you're riding a bike and you're, the wind is hitting your little face, but you're still sweating through it. I mean, playing outside, it's just not as fun as as you would dream it would be. So I know what Josh is thinking when you say that. He's going to be like, so what? I go out there all the time. That's, I'm always skating but- around and shit. But there's a difference, <laughs> though, because, Josh, you understand, like when you don't have any little responsibilities, right? Like mm-hmm. you can be like, yeah, I can go out and sweat my ass off and I can go and get all gross and nasty because I can just shower when I want. We don't have that luxury, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we can't just go shower if we're gross. If like, like right now, I probably just couldn't go shower because both our showers are by where the baby's sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't just <laughs> go out right now and, and work out really hard unless I went to bed smelling disgusting. Question that reminds me, I have a, I have a, a total segue. <laughs> yes it actually just popped up totally oh, feeling disgusting <laughs> yes <laughs> we have an internal dispute with someone very close to me oh. when do you take showers mm. when so, morning or night i take yeah I, I take a shower in the morning when i get up and i also take one later in the evening a few hours before bed okay yeah. so from from that point to bed, what do you do? Anything gross, like sweaty? No, yeah, no, so. no, 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 no. I, I so I most most mostly I hit the gym around six, get back around eight, take a shower, eat, and then the only thing I'm doing is like maybe watching TV or working on the computer. So never any physical activity where I'm sweating after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jennifer, talk to me. What about you? Well, if I work out in the mornings, I obviously work out right afterwards unless I run out of time and then it's 
shower at nighttime, but I always Hold take on. a shower at night. Like you shower it, after that workout in the morning. I, I shower after that workout unless I'm super tight on time. And then at that point, I'm stinky the rest of the day until. <laughs> that explains <laughs> a lot at the office. Okay. You know, so, I, but I'm one of those full disclaimer people. I'm like, listen, I didn't have time to shower. I smell. Let's back it up. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want to make she, sure she that you know. know. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't need yeah. you telling me. I'm going to tell you yeah. what's up. It's not one of those things where you're just like, hmm. It's a little smell in here. Yeah, no, there's there's nothing suspect. I'm gonna tell you exactly what's going. Because <laughs> sometimes I do run out of time. Um, cause, especially because Dan and I we've been swapping like the 5 a.m. 6 a.m. Um, morning slots. So sometimes we just it's just too tight. And now with the kids going to school, um, yep. now I, I've been actually going right after the drop off. So like a 7 a.m. and then like getting home to then our meetings and then like maybe I might have time after our meeting. Uh, it's a thing. Oh, yeah, our meetings are at 9:15, so you squeeze that in. Okay, mm-hmm. so you do it in the morning. So then the rest of the it, so that's it. Unless there's some uh, reason to do more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Unless unless I was out and about, like if I'm home the rest of the day, I did nothing that required me leaving this house and sweating. I'm good. But if I'm out and about and I have now created some sort of condensation Funk. situation, <laughs> then um, I'm jumping in the shower because Florida from from my door to the car, things happen. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course they have it. As soon as, yeah, as soon as you walk out the door. <laughs> as soon as you walk out. I'm like, yeah. Right now, this time of year. Yeah, I have a thing. I cannot go to bed without a shower because I think it's just gross. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just you're just wearing that funk on you all day from <laughs> that, you co- that you collected all day long. You you're know? about to say that you cooked all day long. <laughs> that you cooked all day long, you're mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not going to tell you who I have this conversation with, but there's somebody who only showers in the morning, and I, I don't get it because, like, how do you go to bed with all that ickiness on you? Like, I yeah, don't know. But it depends. Like, your, your activity level. Some people sweat more than other people. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. So some people like, don't sweat at all, which I find fascinating. They're like a unicorn. I'm like, I sweat just sitting talking to you. Yeah, like, I, I sweat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, sweat, I sweat like crazy. So that's why I do mm-hmm. shower early and then shower before bed. Yeah. yeah. Ain't no way I could just do it in the morning. M- yeah. Multiples. <laughs> I was sweating yeah. in the listing shoot today. Uh, just... <laughs> Going through the walkthrough with it was with Cody and Denise and just doing the pre walkthrough before we shot, and it's a big house and I was legit out of breath and sweating uh, like at the end of it. I'm like, is well, this? It's a big house. It it's is a big, a big house. house. But listen, that was just embarrassing. And I've been I've been good for the past. I'm on day I think thirty. Oh, I was gonna my, say like twenty eight ish. Yeah, twenty eight was two days. I'm not, I'm I'm on day thirty, 30 of, what? of it. Um, well, I hate to say every time I say it publicly, I mess up. <laughs> no, but working out. I can't work out every day, but I work out most days or half the week, and then um, just mostly uh, hitting my macros, just losing weight. So I'm down exactly ten pounds right now. Oh shit! So, yeah, nice. That's once you get over that five that five lbs hump, that's game changer. The hardest part is just staying. Like um, I think the hardest part. So for me, I don't. know. You guys could be the same. Josh doesn't have to worry about. It. He's forever disciplined. But like Jen and, Jen and I have this struggle too. We relate to. We go up and down. But the, the hardest is when the first, like, I don't know, week, because you when you start, you're like, I have so many days ahead of me of this. Like, oh, you got to take it day by day. No yeah. days ahead. Oof. But then once you get a couple weeks in, I know it's for me, I can go, I'll go a couple months and I'll get down to fighting weight, almost fighting weight again. And then I'll get comfortable again. And then I just <laughs> I, go right back it, up. You know, like. <laughs> I, 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 everyone assumes that I have a lot of discipline, but like the reality, like I wish people could see how most of my life I really ate food because like I just ate whenever 
I binge like I I would eat so much junk food throughout the day. I would eat pints of ice cream. I would eat brownies. I would eat. No. I would. I would eat anything that I wanted. The, the only thing is, I just offset it with like intense workout. workout. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean my my routine was not healthy at all. I, recently, in like the last year, I've like totally just kind of went cold turkey on everything. Started intermittent fasting. No carbs. No sugars dropped mm-hmm. it all but uh yeah for most of my life man i just been i, I kind of just ate whatever <laughs> i can't wait for you to have kids and get fat man <laughs> can't wait don't wish that, on because when, when he's at that level i'm gonna be back down and i'm gonna be on my roller skates and on instagram laughing at him <laughs> I, like how's it feel freedom <laughs> first of all if nobody has ever seen josh Skate. He's got skills, man. I'm like, ooh, how do you do that? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I've been practicing. It's a, dude, when I got back on skates, it wasn't even too long ago. It was like a year and a half ago. And like I was I was falling in the ring. I was falling in the ring yeah. a few times. And then now like I barely fall and I know some tricks. It's just it's one of those things where it's like practice. I remember mm-hmm. almost giving up that day because I was like, nah, this is not like I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, like oh. I'm too old for this. <laughs> It's not happening. I look stupid in here. And then I was just like, let me keep going. And I was I was tired in like the first 20 minutes. Like my shins were killing me. Wow, and then man. now I, I go in the ring on, you know, adult skate Sundays and then we're in there for three hours. So it's that fun adult, now. Adult skate Sunday. Where do you go? We go to Extreme Action Park. Yeah. yeah so okay. Extreme Action Park is is the last like big ring in south florida besides like galaxy skateway and no way wait galaxy is still around yeah so there i live by galaxy i live by old galaxy that closed down in north lauderdale oh that's that's the one i was thinking about the right off of Southgate, right yeah so that's That's where everyone used to go yeah that closed down that's gonna be a a church now so they're building a big church there now Mm. and then now the only real place you can go that's close is extreme action park but luckily it's like a full-size ring and like yeah. it's cool because you can go and do other stuff while you're there but yeah, yeah my it's... nephew had a party uh his birthday party there back in may and i peeked at that i'm like this is like serious back oh, here yeah. yeah and yeah. they had that they had it promoted the whole like adult skating uh skating night yeah, yeah. that's so it's, cool it's, it's really fun it, it's like one of those places you can go and zone out for three hours and, and just kind of listen to old school music mm-hmm. and it's mm. fun you know yep. you, you skate everyone's there just to have a good time so Hopefully we'll we'll see Chris there soon. You know when he gets back on his. <laughs> <laughs> but would, here, is, what do you mean? Why are you shaking your head? Because like I get notifications on my Apple Watch late at night, and it's like, oh, Chris just finished a skate skate session. I'm like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so right. he, he, he thinks I don't see him practicing at night. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's called a uh, that's called a that's called a life hack. So I have three dogs. And instead of walking them around because they can't mm-hmm. walk together, I yeah. rollerblade with them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to get these calories in so I can eat something else later. Why? So why haven't you made a, a reel or a TikTok of, of that image? Because that's what I want to see. <laughs> well, hey, I don't want to see, see you it. getting pulled by three dogs on rollerblades <laughs> at <Dude>. night. <laughs> Just set the tripod on across the street. You're like. <laughs> so have you seen you seen my big white dog right buzz yeah you've seen it yeah so he pulls man and that's actually fun but dude it's a shit show because what they'll do is like i have to go late at night because i swear someone's gonna like like someone's see gonna see yeah so what, yeah. what they do is on garbage day i have to kind of 
be careful because they'll go and mm. they'll go on one side of the garbage can and I'll go on the other and garbage cans go flying and I got to go pick up people's garbage and put it back in there. Cause I can't. You're that guy. Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm like, I hope no one notices, but all you hear is boom, 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 boom. like, oh shit. <laughs> and I got to pick up everyone's garbage. It's I'm sure someone has peeked out their window and seen you. So I'm, oh. I'm sure somebody has a ring camera, at least As footage a- of that. It's just like, or three different houses have consecutive footage of you just rolling by. The worst, the worst one was when they were pulling me. Were they pulling me then? I, re- I remember one of them was pulling me. And you know, the so wherever there's a fire extinguisher, there's a blue marker on the road. You've ever seen those blue markers? That's telling firefighters. Yeah, it's like an eye. Well, no, it's just, it's no, it's like one of those uh, reflectors that you get. Mm. Like those yellow mm. reflectors. Oh, I blue. never noticed that. Okay. Yeah, new real something new for real estate you can learn. Where when you drive by and you, people ask, "What is that?" Actually, that's how I learned what it was. But anyways, so our client asked me, "What is this blue thing?" I'm like, "I don't know." And I looked it up. So, anyways, Google. they put these blue reflectors on the road that tells the firefighters where there's a hydrant off to the side. Anyway, so there's one in the road and dogs pulling me in my right skate, my right rollerblade. I'm not cool like Josh. I don't skate at rollerblade. <laughs> Went over it and I swear I supermaned like five feet. <laughs> It's super banding at 41 years old. You don't dangerous. recover fast. It's, you don't yeah, recover fast. Dangerous. You know, I had to get up. I had to like. That's when you I walk with like, a cane afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was legit. It was speaking about being sore. You were talking about your shins being sore from going uh, roller skating. I did back day for the first time two days ago. And I used to never feel any soreness other than leg day. And my back for the past three days is just killing. It's amazing what happens. It's only been like when the baby was born since I really started lifting. So I guess in March-ish. February, mm-hmm. March, and holy cow, just that fast, how fast you lose it, like, just by not lifting for that right. long. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, man. Like, you fall off so quick, and then it's super hard just to get back on it. That's because, like, it's, like, the first or two weeks where, like, you're getting back into the, the rhythm, and, like, there's just no motivation. But once you break through that yeah, little barrier, and then mm-hmm. it becomes, like, exciting and fun, and you feel yourself getting stronger, that's the key right there. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just getting old man it, it, your, your back starts to give out my my back is the same thing I, I i i was super flexible my whole life never had any tweaks or injuries and now all of a sudden things are creaking back is getting pinched neck is getting pinched things go numb <laughs> yeah i got this weird thing going on in my hip where it's like like it's weird is like this like shooting pain it looks like someone feels like someone stabs me with like Maybe you're misaligned. That's, that's, that's just normal old people shit. <laughs> but it's been like, it, it happens. <laughs> no, but, it, it, but here, here it's, it's weird, right? So, yeah, like, it literally feels like someone's giving me a shot of, like, like acid, like, right in my hip. And it happens, mm-hmm. like, on the skin, and it happens. Mm. This is, I don't know why I'm telling this live, but it's true. So, if you ever, <laughs> if anyone's watching this, you ever see me on stage, and all of a sudden, I'm, like, wincing in pain, it, that's what's happening. And it's so weird. Like, mm. like there's times when I'm holding the baby and it happens and I feel like I'm going to drop her and I have to like, you know, it's crazy. I don't know Catch what it is. I, I think this is the time where we advise you to seek medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's a pinch. Well, Google says, Google says it's a pinched nerve. So, oh, but wow. then, but then I, you go down that rabbit hole and then you end up buying coffins like 10 minutes later because you feel like you're about to die. Like you never go down like <laughs> WebMD yeah. and you research yeah. something and then you read that. it yeah. and then, you know, all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh. yeah, your leg's about to fall off and then it's going to get affected. You might as well buy your coffin. Chris, <laughs> yeah. are you a hypochondriac? No, no, not at all. Mm. No. By the way, by the way, talking mm. about health and getting old, do you know what the number one predictor of longevity is? 
guess. World of skating. No. But you're close. Any anything? Oh, yeah. can you balance on one leg? Is that what it is? No, it's it's just leg strength. That's it. That's the number out of all the factors, not diet or anything. Leg it's strength? It's just leg strength. Yeah, because and when you think about it, it makes sense because I, mean, I love leg day, so I'm here. Be, like old people that can't <laughs> get around now because like they have knee or hip issues or anything mm-hmm. like that. They can't work out as often. Therefore, they do less exercise. Yeah. Also, one of the biggest mm. causes of death in old people is falling. So mm. it's, it's a lack of balance. So out of all the things that everyone does and health wise, et cetera, just leg strength. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going down a philosophical route. I'm like, oh, no. like the happiness, having grandchildren. But that's, that's the funny thing. It's like, because when you hear that, you're like, what? Because it's like the last yeah. thing you would ever think of. And it's like, oh, well, I, I got to go to the gym and just start uh, squatting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk in two points of that. So Jen got all excited for leg day. You know, I, when I used to go to the gym, you'll see the same females doing leg day like every day. And mm-hmm. it, you're really hurting yourself. I think we spoke about this before, right? Like you're not supposed to work out sore muscles. You're, mm-hmm. you're, that's just, you just don't. You make well, it yeah, worse. Yeah, you got to ro- you gotta rotate. They need, they need time to grow. When mm-hmm. They need to heal. They need to heal. Yeah. So, but that's one for all my, I mean, look at me. I look, I'm like 15 pounds overweight. I shouldn't be talking, but. I do know that. And the other one is, I know, such a hypocrite, right? Show your legs. <laughs> but I started, but actually, I got some sexy legs. You know why I have sexy legs? Because I'll tell you why. When I used to go to the gym and old dudes at the gym have no shame. Like, they'll be like blow drying their crotch with a leg up on the bench. They don't, they don't care. This is care. what happens in the bathroom? Yeah, oh, yeah. they don't care, dude. Mm-hmm. Like these old guys. And then what you'll see is they'll just walk around with their bare asses and their asses are hanging down to the floor. Like, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. what happens when you don't do leg day and you don't squat your whole life. So I, <laughs> so those guys like, are there to motivate young men. That's why they do that. That, that is yeah. the, the sole purpose of them doing that. They're there to just motivate young people because they see, <laughs> they get to see Dude. a visual reference of what's going to happen if you get older and you don't do legs. <laughs> what's the real, okay. Let's, Literally. Let's, let's get deep on this. Yeah. What's the real reason why older guys walk around and hang out naked in the locker room? Like well, I have a theory. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I, I, I just think it. you just. I just think the older you get, the less you, you give, give a shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, it, when it's you're when filter. you're young. Yeah, yeah. When you're young, you're paranoid and you're like thinking other people care. Like when you're old, you've been through it all and just like fuck it. Like you you don't even notice that there are other people there. <laughs> I mean, they'll say yeah. I, I've I've been through Vietnam. Move on. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think yeah. I think there's some of that, but honestly, I, I'm. I think there's a little like homosexual tension that going on because if you think about their generation, yeah, it's not wasn't so accepted, right? And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of them, or so, mm-hmm. at least a good portion of them, it's that pent up frustration of sexuality that that this is the place that you be naked with other men. I've never okay. considered this, but I also oh, I totally know- did. I didn't know this was such a thing either. So this, you're just opening up a whole new world. I'm telling you. I feel I'm like Mario over here. Uh, I just have a picture. I have a picture in my mind, like of Chris in the in the locker room, <laughs> and he's just like this? thinking about, like sitting I, yeah. down, staring at all these he's old men. No, first off, happening here. There's no staring at old men happening. But I do have these thoughts. I'm like, because you, I start, th- I think, like, I'm like, why are they doing that? There's no reason they can just put on shorts. There's no reason to have your balls out right now. None. Like, they're, they're just. They're free birds I, I, they're yeah. just, they're just free birds they're doing them you know <laughs> you know my I, saying do you boo just don't yeah. let me see it 
I, I think it's just the, the simpler route where they just don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm overthinking like, I'm it. A, yeah. yeah, you're overthinking. I'm with Josh on this. It's yeah. They just they don't just, give two shits. They don't give a shit. And it's hot, <laughs> so they've got to air out. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Nobody wants to swap booty. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. There has I mean, come on. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're right. By the way, I don't care. But I, I but I think about it. I'm like, like why? He doesn't do, care, but he thinks care. about it often. Yeah, yeah, he's, I an, well, he's often. an inquisitive. Often he's a strong word. Yeah, an inquisitive <laughs> I, mind. I don't see. I don't I think see you've talked mind. about this before a few times. <laughs> you probably have. <laughs> you act like a, you act like when I'm rollerblading with my dogs. That I'm think, you're thinking actually, about you those guys. Rollerblading, yeah, like, that's a sign. <laughs> I cannot with you. I cannot. <laughs> Uh, you know it was so we're a half hour in we, we were supposed to talk about zillow ah, oh, program. something was, related to real estate yeah right <laughs> we, we totally lost focus and well, we, went okay through a, we went through a rabbit hole with your thoughts <laughs> well look we still got we got plenty of time we're only 24 minutes in not 30 so we're good so oh, zillow right. zillow one percent i actually i saw a ton of different tiktoks i think i sent you a few of these mm. too because there's different companies that are now offering uh these one percent home loans or whatever i don't yeah. know too much about it you guys are the experts so well uh, i still can't it. find i can't find the actual requirements everything no. i've read yeah everything i've read from zillow themselves uh continues to use the word eligible buyer yeah but there's yeah yeah tight lip very vague and it's only in arizona right now so we're not going to see the effects currently here in florida but they plan on expanding allegedly well, but, it, have, but it's it's more than one company, right? So it's Zillow and then a few others. So are they all doing it in specific states right now? Okay, I'll, I'll just break it down if that's yeah. okay. All right. So this is not a Zillow product. This is a white label product. So how it works is, um, so there's Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. What they are, they're, they used to be government-run agencies. Now they're both privately uh, funded. And basically what they are, they're called GSEs. Or, uh, what does it stand for? Um, government, what's this, uh, GSE, what's this there? Someone should know. Government-sponsored enter yeah. enterprise. That's okay. what it is. Okay, so these GSEs, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, there's actually Jenny Mae, Jenny Mae too, but the big ones, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, basically what they do is their job is to, they buy uh, mortgages from mortgage originators and they resell them in the secondary market. So what this does is, so say, here's the steps. So Josh's eyes are, he's thinking. So let's say you go to a mortgage uh, company and you get a mortgage on your house, right? They don't service that loan. They call it servicing. Really, they're selling that loan to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which are private companies now. Um, and those private companies then bundle all these mortgages together mm -hmm. and sell them mm -hmm. to secondary investors. Mm -hmm. So if you go to mortgage with, I don't know, whoever, Chase, they'll sell it off to like Johnny Smith's mortgage services and that's who you pay. Right? right. Why do they do that? Because now it frees up capital in these banks to lend to more people. It helps right. the because uh, if all the bank's money were drained, they couldn't get out, couldn't lend any more money in mortgages and people couldn't buy houses. Right. Right. Yeah. Keeps the flow going. All right. What does this have to do with Zillow? So you have uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae. And basically, so what they did was they're like, hey, they, they, this is not the first time they've done it. They're like, hey, we we will um, we have this product that you can white label where they, uh, it was, I forgot the exact details of what they offered, but basically they made this product that, um, that would give 3% down conventional loans or um, to, what's the conventional loans? I forgot, but they'll give 3% down programs to lenders. Like, hey, here's a new program that you can do entice people. 
Well, I believe the first bank to take it was United Wholesale. And United Wholesale is a wholesaler. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to go through a broker to get them. Uh, you can't go directly to them. But anyways, what they did was they sweetened the pot. Uh, well, it's a bait and switch, really. But what they said was, okay, I'll, I'll even I'll do better. I'll take this white label product. I'll call it our own. And instead of saying, here is 3% uh, down and get a mortgage, they'll say, we'll give you 2% back as a grant. You only have to pay 1%. Right? Mm-hmm. And they came out with that and they said, okay, so now now homeowners or home buyers don't have to come. Let's say it's a $400,000 house. They don't have to come up with that 45, whatever it is. I'm sorry, that 10 grand. They don't have to come up with um, whatever, 1%. What did I say? 450, 350, whatever 1% of what 400. I just said. You said 400. Oh, okay, so, so they have to come up with four grand. And on top of that, they waived. Um, I'm not sure if United did this. No, Rocket did this. Um, I'll get to the what Rocket did in a second. So now they're like, okay, they, so they came out with this product to try to lure buyers to use them because they had this cool 1% product. But really it was a bait and switch because at first, when they first came out with it, you had to be up to 50, the bottom 50 percentile of uh, income and they had like loan limits that were super low. Meaning that, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it'll be, they'll say something like Rocket's loan max at the time was 350,000, right? So let's go with that same number. So United says, okay, you have to be at the bottom 50% of um, income and you have to cap at this price point. It, but we can talk the grand scheme of things in a minute why that just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It was really a bait and switch to get people to get attention and also get people to like call and they're like, oh, wait, this wouldn't work for you. Use this product instead. Right. Mm-hmm. So then what happened mm-hmm. is Rocket Mortgage um, came out with Rocket One Plus and Rocket One Plus they would allow you to have up to 80%, uh, the bottom 80 percentile or, or most of the population of income. So if you're in the top 20% of income, you're out. 620 credit score. Um, and they also waive PMI. Uh, for those who don't know what PMI That's big. That was cool. Yeah. And it still is cool. What, so what, PMI, what is PMI? Uh, it's a mortgage insurance. So typically, if you have less than 20% equity on your house, um, so usually when you're buying a house at market value, you need to put 20% down. At that current time, um, unless you're getting at a discount, which you usually aren't. So you have to have 20% equity. If you don't have 20% equity, you need to pay a top of your mortgage, mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. So um, so you always try to get to 20%. A uh, side note on that, if you've been in your house for a while or equity has gone up quite a bit recently. So if you bought a house, I don't know, in the past couple of years, um, you could have 20% equity built in already if you didn't already have it and all you got to do is call your mortgage company and say hey i have equity built in here get rid of my pmi and it'll knock your mortgage payment down a couple hundred bucks Mm. so little little tip on the side on this all right so rocket mortgage came out with this and but here their more loan amount was like 350 and um and their credit score was 620 the thing is you can't really get many properties right now for 320 mm-hmm. and we're yeah. going to talk a lot about why that it would happens. be more of a condo and you wouldn't be able to to do that with only a one percent down typically oh, you could, with condos. You could, well you can in their program unless the condo association has a rule against it which they usually do they usually mm-hmm. want like 10 percent or something mm-hmm. right so then Correct. Zillow, comes, Zillow comes out of the woodwork with very vague like program parameters, go ahead and look it up. Look at Zillow home loans, look up anywhere, go on Reddit, go on anywhere. You can't find anything right now. Mm-hmm. We know it's in Arizona. We know that it's the same thing. They'll give 2% grant back. 
it's a 620 credit score and you can be up at 80% of the income. But there's a lot of rules they're not telling you unless you go through the process. So if you go through the process, then basically they're going to bait and switch. One of the rumors is, and I don't know if this is true, that you have to use a Zillow agent on your purchase. And those Zillow agents oh. kick back referral fees to Zillow. That's so the money came from that, right? So mm. Zillow's given two percent, but they're making it back using a Zillow agent. So a couple things right off the bat that we have to understand here. One is a bait and switch. The the parameters are vague. Usually when it's vague and they're not up front, there's something there for them to say, Hey, it's not you, just use this. Yeah. I mean, ultimately they're trying to get consumer they're trying to get as many consumers to the table, right? And this product sounds amazing. Everybody wants it. It's it's exactly what you're saying. They come to the table. Oh, I'm sorry. You're just not quite eligible for this program. But you know what? We have something else for you. That's and that's it. that's it. That was every time I get. So this happened uh, when the during COVID, when the rates started going up uh, right away, the lenders would do the two one buy down, three one buy down program. There's always these mm-hmm. shiny object programs. Well, what happens is these lenders really are trying to, they're competing for business from realtors. So they'll call up their realtor clients like, hey, we have this new program if you're client, da, 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 da. And I used to get excited for those things in the early in my career. I'm like, oh, I can push this, but they always fizzle out. And there's always mm-hmm. something that wasn't right. Like, like, uh, what? You know, just as it makes, <laughs> hold on, what happened? Uh, these, one of the big things they'll do to um, a recent program, or it's actually not, it's kind of a common one. They'll say, oh, you know, we'll give you, um, up to 3% cash back towards your closing costs. And then you're like, oh, cool. How's this program work? Oh, by the way, so what you need to do is you need to go to the seller's agent and ask for a 3% credit from the seller. You're like, hold on. Mm-hmm. So you're not giving anything. The seller is yeah. giving it back. So how mm-hmm. am I going to compete with all these other offers when I'm asking for 3% back? Mm-hmm. It's just, but it's a bait and switch. Mm-hmm. So once they go, once they, so these realtors go out and they go make these offers on all these homes and they all get denied and they go back to the lender. It's just not working. Okay, no problem. Yeah, I didn't think it would. So just do this instead, you know? Mm, and right. so I used to, you know, I used to get all excited. I think Jen and a couple of people on the team got really excited about the hometown heroes thing. And I never got into it. Cause I'm like one, I don't know much about it, but if it's like anything else, it's usually bait and switch, or usually it's just a political scam, or usually that's what it is. There and were then so many requirements. Yeah, there were so many requirements for it that a lot of people that were even considering it, it just it it wasn't beneficial to them. They were better off going with a traditional loan than than that typical grant from the higher interest rates to, uh, um, yeah, mainly was the higher interest rates for them. So, so who who are they targeting with with this? Is is it, and it's and why is this because the current landscape where it's just like you can't find anything or it's it's hard to to come come up with the money to to the, the afford- yeah the affordability to to reduce you know the the inability to afford right now because the purchase prices are so high the interest rates are are still so you know are increasing. I, some buyers feel by day, which is not necessarily the case. But yes, right. that's that's what they're allegedly allegedly trying okay. to tackle. So it, I essentially, have a, it's okay. just it's just a marketing it's a marketing ploy to drum up more business. They're testing mm-hmm. it in a certain area now. As far as like whether they expand it out of that area it is based on it, it, because essentially being that it's a bait and switch. It's like we had enough people interested in it that still converted some other way. And it's like, mm-hmm. this makes sense now for us to move to Florida, to move to X, to move to X. And then we'll spread the program around. I'm guessing that's how it's going to work. 
Well, nice. well Zillow, yeah, Zillow's in Arizona because that's I believe that's where they're headquartered there, and I think that's where um, I think where most of their premier agents are, where they might need those agents to kick back cash to make it work. Right. I think that's why. Listen, I could be totally wrong, but that's just my thinking on it. I want to touch on the point of the word affordability because you got to okay, what does that actually mean? Like, so it's just more. You that means you have to put less money down. There's so many things that can go wrong with it. Let's just talk long term. So if you put less money down up front, that means you're financing more, right? And I'm like, okay, what's the big deal? Well, uh, mortgages are compounded interest and they're front end loaded. Uh, that's another reason why I tell people never to refinance, but we can get into that conversation another time. So basically, since everything's front end loaded, you're paying a lot of interest on every dollar that you're borrowing and it compounds. What does compounding mean? Let's say if you're charged a uh, dollar of interest today, right? Mm -hmm. They charge you interest on that dollar interest that you were charged yesterday. Mm -hmm. So interest gets charged on interest. Yeah. So if we did, I don't know, I don't have my mortgage calculator handy, but I probably should have. But if I can just try to do this real quick on the computer, if we did, um, let's say six and a half percent of a $500,000 loan amount, let's just do 400,000. You know, in Florida, we're a little higher than everyone else. 30 year loan, six and a half rate. Uh, let's try to see how much in interest I got to find. Where is the amortization schedule? There it is. Let me click on this link. I should have been more prepared, but I wasn't expecting to do this. I just want to kind of show <laughs> how much interest you would pay more if um, – here it is. So da, 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 da. hold on. Just bear with me. I want to see how much more interest you would pay if you had another – Instead of doing the traditional 5 to 10% down, if you do 1% or even mm -hmm. 3% down, it's going to be significant. I right. think if I think at like a 5% loan, I could be totally wrong, that if you're paying um, uh, if for like a, say, a $250,000 house, you're really going to pay like over a million dollars at the end of the day for a $250,000 yeah. house. Because you're right? saying, and Chris, what you were saying with, because um, your verbiage is a little different than what Zillow has put out. For instance, like they've said that it's the 1% down and then the 2% they'll cover, they'll cover the 2% as closing costs. So they, it's still a remaining you know, 2%. It really has to be taken care of. So yes, well, you're right. Well, no, the 2% they cover as a grant, they call it. And you don't have to pay back grants. You have to pay back uh, bonds. I, I mean, I read this right, right off their website. They said 2% as closing costs. Mm -hmm. I got to look at that more. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure they'll, you have to pay, you have to pay. Well, okay. You have to pay 3% for it to be a conforming loan. So there, so that's what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are offering. Yeah. It, and then, but they're going to still, but they're telling this consumer, they have to, it's a 1% loan. So there's 2% missing. Where does that come from? They Zillow says they're covering it as a grant. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. So it's really a 3% down product. Zillow says they're covering 2% as a grant. The buyer's covering 1%. Okay. Grants don't have to be paid back. Hmm. I'm going to look more into this. Yeah, look into it. If I'm wrong, I, please tell me. But I think. So what do, you, well, what, I, do you guys do, what do you guys do as, as agents when client comes to you with this? Oh, hey, Zillow's doing uh, this. I heard about this promo X. You know, do you educate them on it yeah. and say this is why it's not a good idea? But then also what happens if you have other agents that don't do that and, and, and they use it as competition to drum up more business, you know what I mean? Well, 
usually when it gets to the the lender, when they actually go through the process, they get pre-approved. The lender is going to let them all, us off the hook, and they're going to be like, "Yeah, this won't work for you." Mm-hmm. That that's usually how it goes down. Um, I can't even but, recall my twenty-year career that anyone's ever one person has used a city grant from Boca that I can remember. Or was it Delray? Delray. But for a special program, I can't recall anyone else ever in my whole career. I've right. never, ha- I've never had anybody actually go through it either. They've but wanted the, to. Yeah, but I guess the the idea, right, is is even if they get declined or whatever, it doesn't work out. That agent still got that client because of it, right? And now mm-hmm. they're, they're continuing to work with that person. So it's it's an interesting. I guess if they're if people are using it as some sort of lead generator, essentially just a tool mm-hmm. to get people involved and and get them going through the process. So it doesn't make sense to I guess tell them right away that this is not going to work and they should if they're interested in this they should work with another agent that does. But I guess I guess through the education process, you would tell them why it, it doesn't make sense, right? Well, it's their version of a lead magnet. But unfortunately, it's unethical lead magnet because they're uh, a good lead magnet to, to for someone in business is that you're offering a, a small solution, a narrow so a near a, a narrow a solution to a, a small problem or a small part of your business up front. So, but but given a bait and switch lead magnet to get people to call and just tell them they're not qualified. I don't know. I just don't. I never. I never liked it. And, and I'm not knocking Zillow, but anytime they come out with something, you always got to be like, <laughs> you got to side eye mm. it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because you well, think about it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Chris, but the fact that they're being so tight-lipped about the requirements, and now they're they're just you know generating these leads, right? That people are calling because it is very enticing. One percent. I only have to come up with one percent. Yeah, heck yeah, let me call. So that right there. But in reality, I mean, a, a solid chunk of people who are calling are not going to be eligible. They're, they're making it sound like this. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but um, I definitely am with Chris on that. It's, it's a little um, side-eyed. Yeah, I mean, you got to – I don't know. I, I try not to talk poorly about companies. Listen, they're, they're business people. I don't know. I have a different thing, thing called integrity. But you got to understand, in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, you got to think of Zillow got into the game. And what, how do they make their money initially? They made their money taking our listing information, right? Mm-hmm. Take it on. And then when leads came in and they, they sold those leads back to us on mm-hmm. our listing and our photos and our marketing and all that. Yeah. And then the agents who wouldn't take the bite, the wouldn't bite on that. What happened is now they sold, well, this is what's happening now. They sell your information your listings uh leads to other agents who pay them a lot of money for those leads so when you so anyone who doesn't know any better that's a basic zillow model or even a realtor.com model now so you'll go and say contact agent and Mm -hmm. you think you might be contacting the listing agent but you're not you're contacting someone who paid for that lead Mm -hmm. right and and typically they believe that they're calling the listing agent that's a real big misconception and and i feel i feel bad when when then they end up calling the listing agent they're like oh no i talked to so and so and i thought they were part of your team Mm -hmm. no actually that's not the case so they feel misled once they actually do get to the actual listing agent but you understand so our information was sold allowed to be sold to them by our national association of realtors i don't know why they allow that to happen our information should stay within us 
maybe Zillow gave them a big payday that we're not sure about, but NARS going through their own problems with their sexual harassment thing going on. Um, if you don't know anything about that, look that up. Um, big thing, the New York Times, I think it was New York Times exposed some huge, like, scandalous activities within NAR. So that so just that alone tells you possibly maybe they don't always have the best interest of their fellow realtors in mind. I don't want to get sued. I don't want them coming after me. But I'm just saying that that's how I look at it. But um, so anyway, so let's think about it. Okay, let's think about a couple things here. So I got so much in my head about this because it drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, the last time we gave these crazy incentives to do this was 2004. The Bush administration said mm. 0% down uh, programs. And what happened? Everyone who worked at any freaking Arby's applied and got a $400,000 mortgage on a house, right? Mm -hmm. It was stated income. Deck, yeah. deck income was, uh, was much more lax if it was even there at all. I don't remember. What stated income means, by the way, you just had to say what you made. You'd be like, I work at Arby's and I made 150000 last year. Sounds good to me. Sounds and legit. There's no, no employment verification at that time. And that's nope. why we got and into the mess. you didn't have to put anything down. Mm -hmm. So right. you literally just had to go, I want a house. Give me money. So, of course, everyone went and bought a house. And what happened? Supply and demand. Prices went up. And all of a sudden, these people couldn't pay for mortgages anymore. Mm -hmm. And they started defaulting. It started defaulting. Less homes are on the market. Because that house and that house and that house and that house up the street, even though your house is worth 500000 all of those houses are now selling for 300000 They don't care. They walked away from their foreclosure. Your house values went down. Granted, we're in a very, very different environment than we were then because now we don't allow stated income. Debt to income is a real thing now. We have stronger laws. But it does worry me that these programs that started to come out then were the precursor for that situation that happened. Mm -hmm. If we get the wrong people in power who loosens up the wrong rules, it will happen again. Right. So we have mm -hmm. to be really like aware of like what what are these people mm -hmm. saying who are running? And, trying and pr to, protect the industry you know. because it's not it's not just our profession it's not just our license i mean this it's a trickle effect that affects every single person that lives amongst us i mean th this is a this is big protecting yeah. these protecting these laws and and making sure that that we are abiding by them is is definitely necessary People talk about a crash. That's the only way a crash is going to occur is if these laws were removed and these 0% programs come back. Mm -hmm. and the history repeats itself. That's the only way. And I think politicians do that. They drop interest rates and they make things easier because it does spur the economy in the moment, but it's really spurred on debt. It's not spurred on uh, productivity or GDP. It's spurred on debt. And then eventually what happens with debt, you need to pay debt back. And as a collective whole, what is that called? <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> And so that's what we're doing now. So I can get down a rabbit hole. The second part of all this, you really got, okay, even if you are approved for these loans, just imagine, right? Mm -hmm. you, hey, Mr. and Mr. Seller, your house is gorgeous. I'm going to make a 1% offer on your home. They're going to be like, no, you're not. Because they're going to, because if they have a nice house and the price, first off, there's going to be appraisal problem. So to avoid appraisal problems, you need to have the homes that are priced properly. So now you have homes that are priced properly. What happens when a house is a pri was priced properly and they're decent? Every buyer makes wants to buy them. And yeah, they make it's multiple a offers. it's a multiple offer situation all day. Never never price high, always price low. You'll win every time. But anyways, that's another side conversation. So think about it. So now these um, these homes, these nicer these nicer homes that are less expensive than the competition, or what all these people are going to make offers on. You have Johnny who got his one percent loan approval, right? 
And then you have everyone else who have 10%, 20%, even cash. That mm-hmm. 1% guy is never going to win. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is they're going to lose over and over and over again. They're going to go back to their lender. The lender's like, yeah, we probably should do something else. They're going to either do something else or they're going to get out of the market. That's why I don't like these products because it really does truly affect mm-hmm. people's lives. You know? Yeah. And by one that, of the videos, go sorry. ahead, Josh. No, I was just saying that like, one of the videos I was watching was referring to that. And like when, when it doesn't work out or they can't find a property within those like limited requirements, they come back and they're like, well, maybe if you uh, find a co-signer or a family member or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then that's how they, they get them to do something that they originally weren't planning on. So, yeah, you're right about that. No, I mean, that they just get buyer's fatigue and they exit the market or mm-hmm. at that point they do switch over to a different product. So that's where that it's not quite the bait and switch situation, but ultimately it's almost like they knew about it in the front end. Yeah. The I parameters mean, are so tight for them to actually be able to find a property within those parameters in a multiple offer situation. I mean, the odds are stacked against them. I think in the grand scheme of things, we're always, as Americans, trying to come up with capitalist, capitalist ideas to try to get ahead. And in, no matter what we should be doing as required as a nation, I mean, we get really deep on this. Really, we all should stop spending right now to get inflation down, but we're not. So instead of stopping spending, they're like, well, just give us less money and still buy that house you can't afford. Mm. But here's the, here's the big issue, just if you go a little deeper on it. Think about it. Like, so let's say you only have one or three percent into a property. Let's say it's a five hundred thousand dollar house. What is that? Fifteen k. So you only have fifteen. So you have fifteen k of equity in there. Let's say if the markets uh, depreciate a little bit, which in some markets they're going to, or they're going to flat out. Um, what's going to happen if you need something? God forbid something happens. Say someone in your family got ill and needs, you need to sell your house because you need to. You need you need the capital for something important. Well, now you can't. Now you can't. Even if the market stays flat or slightly increases, with less equity in a property, now you're locked in. You cannot now cash in on the home that you plan on cashing in. Actually, you're negative because of the amount of interest you paid in, in the closing mm-hmm. costs that you paid. So you can never, you can't get out of that house the lower your um, your equity is. And that was a big problem that happened, you know, back in 2008, 9, and 10, is that people had no equity. So they couldn't sell their house, so they just let it go. And um, yeah, so they just that's what they had that's what they had to do so if a, so they really are concerned about affordability they wouldn't put people in a position where they possibly something major happened that they couldn't afford a house mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. I, it's all just it's all like marketing marketing like voodoo juice tell people what they want to hear and then they'll they'll move forward on the action you want them to take you make more money tell more what they want to hear it's just marketing sales snake snake oil salesman stuff 101 what, you know? what are you guys seeing on your end, like as far as because like uh, like wages aren't really increasing in proportion with like the increase of home prices, right? So home prices Correct. are increasing in value; they're outpacing wages. And so, what are you guys seeing as far as like dealing with people who are trying to buy houses? Is it much tougher to find something, especially down here in Florida, yep. where like no one wants to sell? And like how how do you deal with that issue? Like what what is uh, <laughs> How do you solve that? Because it seems also like, and I'm hearing a lot of chitter chatter where like also you have a lot of these investment companies that are now buying homes or, or building new constructions specifically for the purpose of renting. Mm-hmm. And like, you're going to turn basically this, this, this like scenario into everyone's just a renter versus being able to afford to buy a property. 
So like, what, what are you guys dealing with on your end right now? And like, what are you telling people like to do? Cause like, it's, it's hard to just be like, well, you need to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, okay. Well, <laughs> the good news is wages are, slight they're trending slightly higher than they have gosh since for a long time so wages are going up but not as much as the prices are so we have to understand how do we how do we get there sorry jen am i talking too much you can butt in anytime i just kind of talk too much all right so (laughs) (laughs) what was i saying now i got distracted wages wages are going up but not at the same pace as as houses are right so yeah so we're in a very weird shift right now so we're in a market shift where sales are down uh, by city by city, it's anywhere down here from anywhere from, I don't know, 8% to 26%, mm-hmm. um, the number of transactions, but prices are up. But you, because we're in a, that's a shift when sales go down, but usually market shifts occur when there's a lot of inventory, a lot of, meaning a lot of homes on the market and not enough buyers to even closely satisfy that need. So sellers drop their prices to be more competitive. Capitalism 101, right? Supply and demand. If you're competing with a lot of the same product, you lower your price to attract the buyer. But that's not happening now because there's not a lot of supply. The big reason why there's not a lot of supply because sellers don't have anywhere to go. Exactly. Because they're in a, like a 3% or like a 2% loan right now. So even if they wanted to sell and cash in, the house prices are, are too high. They're still the same price. So they probably have like, I don't know, they'll probably go to a smaller home prob- possibly for the same price you're paying. But the now the interest price. rate's seven. Yep. Right. So that's an issue. So, uh, and another issue that's happened and that's kind of keeping prices higher because there's no inventory. There are there's a lot of uh, transfer of wealth happening from um, from I, Gen- I forgot. Well, generation ge- transfer generational wealth and yeah, and people just literally transferring to our state. I think it's like ninety trillion dollars are expected over the next thirty years. Some crazy number you can look it up, where it's the baby boomers like the older baby part of the baby boomer generation and their parents are now getting to the age where they're passing on their money to their kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And guess where they're all going to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this wealth, they have this thing of cash. So what they do, and a lot of these are from States like, you know, like New York and New Jersey where a million dollar house uh, there is like a 400,000, $500,000 house here. So their perspective of what a house is worth is different. They're willing to pay higher than what a local uh consumer would like we look at homes right i just i just comped out a house um that i was shocked when i'm like you could probably get nine hundred thousand for this because <laughs> i sold in that same community many times not recent probably not in the last two or three years mm-hmm. yeah three years ago it was two and a half years ago was the last one i know exactly who it is i'm not gonna say their name obviously publicly same community i i gotta say it was like five hundred and fifty thousand. And this same neighborhood was 900 now in just a few short years. Mm. But anyways, my point is like, and and then and then they they came from New York and it was high um, then. But for them, their perspective of price value to home was way different. Like, so if someone from Kansas, sorry, I'm not saying I'm just saying I'm just picked a rural area. <laughs> sorry, Kansans. Kansas. So Kansas, basically anywhere that's really rural, rural. I can't even say that word. Too many R's. If they get a huge house, a giant house for four hundred thousand dollars, I'm talking land and everything, and they come here and they try to find something four hundred, they're not going to get a townhome. Their perspective to them, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But for people with New York with cash, it's cheap. Right. Oh yeah. So right. So they don't mind paying more than our perspective of what we expected growing up here. So there's a lot of things at play that's really messing with it. So, anyways, I guess to answer your question, what do you tell people? 
I don't know. <laughs> Get another. I, I, well, no, what, okay, I mean, so then the, I mean, what? You, I, yeah, go ahead. I have a buyer. Yeah. I have a buyer right now that's feeling feeling the pain of the market right now, and you know, I I have been telling her that you know, a patience is going to go a long way in this in this game. Um, so with every little shift of of that interest rate, her affordability is shifting as well as to what she can afford. Um, so besides holding tight, because she's been in the same, she's had the same career for, I think, 20 years, you know, there's no, there's, th this is it for her as far as her income is concerned. So there's no additional, she's not going to go get a side hustle to try to get extra money. You know, she has plenty of cash in the bank. So as far as down payment is concerned, I mean, this person is, is going to put almost 200 grand down just to keep their mortgage payment below 1800 for affordability you know purposes god forbid something happens in the future but again that is that is not uh what we're seeing we're, we're seeing properties still being heavily priced and she just has to be very patient that's that is my my biggest uh and positive i might be able to be patient and positive the market is feeling a shift right now but now we have negotiating we have we have some wiggle room where in the last year we didn't have the ability to negotiate as hard where now we do so yeah. patience and positivity, the two P's. Well, this <laughs> we, we have to have a real talk with buyers. Like this, the prices mm -hmm. are they're not going to drop. No, there's not going to be a crash. It's just there's just, in, at least in Florida, it's just not going to happen unless something absolutely crazy happens. We can get into why. A big reason why is even if there was a huge economic downturn, people have a lot of equity in their homes right now. That if they had to get out of it, they can just sell and get out of it. And unless it was a mass exodus of sellers, exodus of sellers, which is not, which is not happening, is not happening. Yeah, there's no, there's going to be no crash. There's no factors at play right now that even slightly remotely indicate it, at least in the next few years. So we have to come to real terms. If you want to buy a house, buy a house because it's perspective. So a good story I have about it was uh, there's this uh, I had a really good friend of mine who moved away from Florida. This is a while ago. And they went to, I think, North Carolina and they reached out to me. And I want to move back in Florida. What can 150 get me? And I showed him 150 and it was like a shithole. <laughs> right. And this is like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, whatever. It was a while ago. I would never pay that for that house. I was like, well, you might want to reconsider that because it's not going to go down. Mm -hmm. That same community, I know it well because I grew up in that community, right? Yeah. That same community, that house right now is going for like six hundred. So, mm -hmm. so people now who are going, I'm never going to pay eight hundred thousand dollars for that house, and I'm like, well, you might want to reconsider that. Yeah. I mean, six the best years is going to go for one point two. The best time to buy real estate, it's always the now. You know, you're going to look back six years from now and say, damn it, I should have, I should have bought that property. Yeah, I guess that 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 seems like the the most likely answer. You know, you just have to be real with them that. There's just there's no reason that that it's gonna go down. So if you truly want to be a homeowner, you just have to purchase what you have. And inventory is just and perspective, probably... right? Oh well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or truly consider yeah. not buying in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the but also, love. what what about okay? But does 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 new development and new constructions and going vertical like affect that at all? Like, cause technically that's new inventory coming into the market, right? Yeah. But they're, they're not meeting the demand of housing and plus they're catering to the uh, higher, the higher uh, end, the higher end. Mm -hmm. there, there, there's no builders right here making affordable housing solutions. So you alluded to a very um, like real, but think, 
situation that people don't want to hear, Josh, and that is to move out of Florida because mm-hmm. you have an option, right? You have an option. You can live in the fantasy world imagining that things are going to get better. Two, you can make things better by finding another way to generate more income in your life. Or three, you can move. Like those are the three things. Or you can just stay where you are renting, but then you can't control that those those price points. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna go up. I think I think rents up even like significant now, right? Like thirty or some yeah. crazy number. Yeah, I saw thirty percent rents up. Would you ever so. consider because like I know you eventually want to expand your team and possibly, you know, have teams in different states, et cetera. So I think would that be interesting to have a team where prices are lower and you have like a similar economic or, or work situation where like jobs are, are plentiful right and you're able to actually pitch that as like an option to someone you know <laughs> i had a great, it's you know it's funny you say that so right before the market crash, when prices were really high yeah i worked for a builder who were who was building homes in cape coral florida and they were building mm-hmm. single-payment homes and they're expensive actually i bought one and it got foreclosed on i my house got foreclosed and i was never built but that was another story mm. but anyway so i bought one of them but what i i proposed to them i'm like there's a i said there's a huge market for underserved people who want to buy houses they just can't keep up why don't you cater to that i and they, but they made a good point they're like well like why would i make a hundred affordable housing uh options for people struggle trying to get them in there financially and make the same amount of profit than if I just sold three higher end houses mm. and I didn't have to worry about the struggle. So from the, from the builder's perspective, it's a business. Like you always try yeah. to, your job as a business is try to uh, make more yeah, money from make less money. amount of work leverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by work catering smart, to, not hard. <laughs> yeah. So catering, unfortunately catering yes. to the lower income of building properties is from not an ethically or morally, I'm not saying ethically and morally it's right. I'm saying business wise, it's right to avoid that. And they are. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's just such an so. interesting situation because like I, I personally recently like there's just been some acquaintances around me and friends of friends. And like I'm coming to find out that they're like they, they break up with someone, et cetera. And then like they're back moving with their parents or they live in a tiny little studio and like no one owns like Mm -hmm. i'm surprised by how many people like my age just like don't own anything and i'm like do you guys understand the situation where like it's 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 just gonna get harder to own and they're not like working anything where they're making a shit ton of money and, and it seems like it's gonna be reasonably in sight and so it almost looks like they're never going to be able to afford a home, especially down here. <laughs> so I'll tell it, you what, though. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I this sounds this could come off arrogant, and I don't mean it this way at all. Yeah, but I'm going to say with me, every time I'm faced with a challenge or hardship, I find a way to elevate what I'm doing and just meet that challenge and su- exceed it. God, I really don't hope that doesn't sound arrogant because I'm not. Well, trying that's to. it's mindset. But, it's mindset. Yeah. You know? But but that's what I'm saying. I believe that within these challenges that occur, the cream always rises to the top and pushes the envelope because there's no other option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that spurs innovation in society and, and really spurs capitalism where people are now forced to look for solutions because we can't ever grow when we're content. We only grow when we're faced with adversity. Perfect example is you can look at the uh, the, the war, the Russia and Ukraine war. Ukraine, yes, we're backed by a lot of American weaponry and West weaponry uh, Europe, but they're innovating what they have with the people they have to really kick 
Russia's butt, right? Because they had to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, they created a no, whole new way of warfare. Right. They had to, but they didn't have to. They wouldn't have had to innovate on all those things uh, if they weren't in that horrible situation. I'm not saying war is a good thing for innovation. I'm just saying that when you're back against the wall and, it's, and you have to figure out a solution, there's going to be a good portion of the society who's going to figure it out. And what that does, it creates new products and services and ideas that help society as a whole. So I, I see it as longer term growth of humanity. These hardships are actually a good thing for the for humanity as a whole. It just sucks when you're in it. <laughs> you know? Well, and having, <laughs> yeah. But having people like you, Josh, that you're like, you know, you're you're also telling them like, hey, no, you got to you know, take action now because it's only going to get worse. So having people around you to elevate, you know, to help elevate you and, you know, and your thought process, because very easily people can become uh, content and in, within that, con- you know, being content, that's where people fall, falter. They, they don't, they don't grow. They don't expand. They just stay stuck. So having, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are going to elevate your thoughts and, yep. and, and show you like, okay, I don't have to be stuck in this position of renting forever. I could own. All right. Well, what do I got to do to own? You know, and we hear that a lot, though. So I that I, I when I was younger and I still have I still fall into this now and I do this with family and friends all the time. I get really excited about sharing new thoughts and ideas and people all the time just look at me like, oh, my God, here he goes again. <laughs> and I see and I see it. Mm-hmm. Agenda is because she's on my no. team meetings. And mm-hmm. I'm like and I and I'm like, how do you not see how amazing this is? Like, mm-hmm. how do you not see the opportunity? Like, how do you how do you not see that? And but that to me it it but opportunity I, I, excites you right it does so that so that that again is that is that's within people have to teach themselves because it's mm-hmm. it's very easy to become happy and just happy and and okay with what you have right but it's that inner drive that you have that excitement that curiosity it's it's beautiful it's a part of growth that's that's it's it. part of growth that's, that's we are. Is. We're trying to learn. We're learning lead magnets right now um, for my team. It started for my team because I, I came to a realization that the, although the, the methods that I teach are, in my opinion, the best when it comes to for a number. Of, I'm not talking about you won't get the most sales in the country doing what I do. But when it comes mm-hmm. to overall peace of mind, happiness, security and all that, my models are really, really good. I believe I haven't found anything better um, or heard of it. But. I came to the realization I, I was trying to shove it down my team's throat and my, and my coaching students throat and they just weren't doing it. And, and um, I realized that it wasn't that it wasn't good. They just, it wasn't for them. They just weren't interested that much. Right. So then this is where I come to, I'm like, okay, I need to find other lead sources that they would work on that they'll be okay with. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, that led it, that leads, this all ties together. I just didn't come out of this out of my ass. There's, there's a reason why I kept coming to this <laughs> is that, I am, I'm learning lead magnets, like I'm in the trenches, like the psychology of, psychiatry, uh, psychology of it, how to deliver it, what to say, A, B, C, D testing ads, like I'm in it and it's hard. It's really hard to run real estate ads in Google and Facebook and try to figure it out and it's expensive mm-hmm. and it's yeah. time consuming. But I keep telling myself it being hard and a challenge is the reason why no one else is going to do it. Yeah. So, and you only have to learn, you only have to go through the trenches on that hard thing once, even if it takes six months. But now that you've learned that thing, your competitors will always be behind in that thing. Mm -hmm. So, my point is when there's a challenge, that's an opportunity. When something's hard, it's an opportunity 
for you to just get better and rise. And most people won't take the opportunity because it's human nature. We take the path of least resistance, which is ironic because long-term that makes life harder. Like when something is easy now, you're going to pay the price eventually. It's easy eating I'm, Snickers. I'm, I'm going to throw out a preach, brother, right? preach. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's easy sitting it on the is. couch, eating Snickers, playing video games, much easier doing that than meal prepping, working out every day and going to bed early and drinking a lot of water. But you're going to pay the price for those poor decisions later. And that's with everything. Mm -hmm. So I always see those hard things as opportunities that's going to make life better. So I get excited when things are hard. Even though in the moment I look, I look like, when is this ever going to end? <laughs> you know <laughs> when am i gonna learn this thing <laughs> you know when is this challenge gonna be done <laughs> oh, i'm too old for this shit <laughs> yeah Anyways. but you don't you know you don't ever want it to be done man because that, that's 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 where you get bored and you fall into that like what do i do now and yep. like people people you know certain people always need something to do you know it, when you it's, solve it's a problem more problems open up yeah, exactly. You, you always need yeah. a goal or a challenge to keep you motivated, to keep you going. That's what life is. Life is just always having something ahead of you that you're working towards. So I would deem this little group here is exactly that. I feel like we would be the, the type of people that get bored. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't sit still. I hate staying still. <laughs> like, I, I would think that's why, like, Jen, you and I, well, it's been over a year now since we reconnected, but I think why Josh and I stayed not close i think like subconsciously close and then we mm -hmm. got closer as life got on because we have that same like 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 poke in the back right mm -hmm. like like go 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 yeah and then but also there's also an ethics thing there too not to get too mushy with you guys but like with you two guys too i'm pretty confident like if i pulled you aside like i got this really crazy secret and i tell y'all you're not gonna tell anybody right mm -hmm. i right. feel like i get and, and you always shoot it to me straight you'll be like you know what chris like like, I think you're like, let's like, not go down. Hey, you talk too much in that podcast for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, th those are, those are my favorite people. I have, I have a friend that I met when I was working uh, before real estate. I know who and, it is. Uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, exactly. You, you know who that is. And he's one of my favorite people, but he like, it's, he's one of those people that you cannot present to someone else. Because he's he he is the definition of of an asshole and just like it. tells you in your face like whatever he's thinking, and he's just blunt. But like that's what I love about him because he's extremely honest. And like a mm -hmm. lot of people mistake like being an asshole for being just honest because that's that's what it truly is. You know, it's like it's just a person is being real with you, and that that those type of people I connect with immediately those type of people that just say how it is and then they just yep. say what's on their mind because yeah. i'm like they feel trustworthy to me because i'm like this guy's not hiding anything this yeah, guy's yeah, just saying it, it. and that, mm -hmm. that's that's what it like i trust this guy to say how and like it doesn't come off as like this guy's trying to you know like diminish me or anything it's just he's just saying it as it is you know and, and to be honest with your friends it's what you need to be not secretive and elusive yeah I can say I know who you're talking about, and uh, but I inst so I actually had a listing appointment with him a long time ago, and I actually got the listing. <laughs> but you know what I respected about him on that because yeah. you know when sellers sometimes sellers hide things from you, they're not telling you the whole truth, and you can kind of read them a little bit. Yeah, he was straight up. He goes, "Listen, man, if I don't know if I'm going to move or not, I'm exploring this." Josh mm -hmm. says, "You know what you're doing? You, uh, just some shit going down in this neighborhood." I might just fire your ass in a little bit. 
right? He was real about it. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I don't mind okay. working under those conditions because I have a zero cancellation policy anyways, but I actually respect you more. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know if I said that directly, but those are thoughts in my head. I, expect, <laughs> I respect this guy more for actually be, being honest about it because he didn't have to. He could have just – he probably doesn't even know how to keep his mouth shut. But yeah, if yeah. he did, yeah. he, you know I, – but I respected that. Like Josh, I was like, you know what? I kind of, I, I kind of admire his honesty on this. I'm going to ensure shit. He fired me. He never moved. Well, maybe he did later on. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, and, I told and, you. And, and he was honest. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you yeah. can't even he fault him. He didn't him. lie to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a really tough situation. They were building townhomes on the golf course behind his house. Mm-hmm. And he still yeah, wanted that. money pre townhome money. And at that point, I, I, he's like, I don't think I'm going to get it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're not. But if you want to roll the dice, I'm willing to roll the dice with you. And so we just tried. Sure, shit. You know, people but, people were scared. And But, you know, yeah. him, him, he's one of those where he made, like, he's such a rational, logic-based like person and just does things as, as they are that mm-hmm. he, he's like, yeah, Florida sucks. It's too expensive. And then he's just like, I'm going to move somewhere where it's cheaper and I can get a lot more for my money. And then he moves to Massachusetts. He has this giant property like he has a whole forest that he owns and he has just a a, a shit ton of land he just had two kids and then they have like a a lake to play in a whole bunch of private land he farms etc so like he got so much more for his money and and he works remote so it doesn't matter you know whether he lives in florida or some other place and then not only that but like he he's that type of person that just figures things out and just always is researching new things. And like he found out that all these trees that were on his property, he had someone come and 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 do appraisals like, on the trees. I said he's at lumber. Yeah, yeah. So then like he found out he had like fifteen thousand dollars worth of trees sitting there. So I then can't. they just came, got the trees, and then just gave him fifteen thousand dollars cash. So like he just came up on that property like crazy, man. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he just made the logical decision. You know, he wasn't tied yeah, to it's... Florida. He's just like, I'm just gonna, I, I need my money to work, and, and mm-hmm. he just your money should your money should always be working for you. Let's just start you know, there. You, you know what I'm doing now? What every realtor does when their old client you find out they sell the house. Oh, who's stop the realtor? It. Who's the realtor who sold it? That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like he did sell that without me. Chris is over here, like <laughs> what? <laughs> my marketing did not work on this guy. <laughs> I really am. I'm like, who did he sell with? That's not fair. I worked hard for free. See, that's that's one of those guys where it's like it, you 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 cut out the I'm friendly motto yeah. and you just yeah. like you you just straight up. Well, with I him. am friendly, yeah. Josh. Well, you bullet yeah. bu- you got a bullet pointed with this kind of client. Yeah, <laughs> you, you meet yeah. him at his level. <laughs> I, had a, I had a listening appointment yesterday. Guy was so high D, and you can he was a DC. Uh, we got to wrap this up, but high D personalities mm-hmm. are straight bullet points, no nonsense. But a DC is the worst. Because a C, not a worse, like they're not bad people, but what I'm a C personality type wants things perfect, and a mm-hmm. D personality wants things now, they want mm-hmm. now and perfect. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, do it right and do it now. And you're like, well, I, I need to at least figure out what I'm doing first. <laughs> no, do it right and do it now. And you're like, that's what that's what. <laughs> That's like, what, okay. uh, yeah, that's what that guy was yesterday. That's what Mark is too, I believe. And those mm. are really hard people to satisfy because there's no, because if you do it as fast as they want, it probably isn't going to be right. And if you do it right, it's not going to be as fast as they want. And mm-hmm. no matter what, they're going to think you're stupid. Right. <laughs> so you can't win with them. <laughs> they're hard, you know? So yeah, he's one of those. Those are the hardest clients, man. DCs, hardest people in general. 
but they're loyal as shit. So I, I gotta there say you that. Go. Anyways, mm -hmm. we gotta wrap this up before I get in trouble. Um, yeah, and it's late. I got things to do. You Me guys too. got things to do? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, gotta finish Josh has editing. to go roller skating. And I gotta, I gotta eat. I gotta cook. Oh my god, that's right. You haven't eaten, Josh. Go feed yourself. Yeah, oh. yeah. it's important. Uh, I'm, a, yeah, I'm, I'm about to have some string cheese. All right, guys, y'all have a good one. I got shit <laughs> to right. do. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye. Bye.